components of Box Office Bomb Squad. That's where we break down some of the biggest bombs that ever hit theaters. And today's bomb is 1999's Instinct. I'm Dr. Colbert. You've been charged with one count of murder and found incompetent to stand trial. She had a demon in her for a while. My neighbor, Mrs. Karsh. Mm -hmm. It would come and go. Nobody saw it except me. What did it look like? The demon. Um, did you ever see Alien with Sigourney Weaver? It looked like a giant insect. No. It looked like Sigourney Weaver. If I had a nickel for every time my neighbor got possessed by a Sigourney Weaver looking demon, I'd have exactly zero nickels. It's like that one time that Sigourney Weaver got possessed by a demon. It's true. Uh, so all right as always i'll start with the numbers uh this movie came in third on its opening weekend so it actually came in at a pretty decent time here's the issue and i'm going to go into this a little deeper when we get talking about it you know what it was up against in its opening weekend what was that the phantom menace you know a movie that stayed in theaters for like a year yeah and this was only like its third week in theaters by the way so there's no way it was going to beat that and then notting hill Literally, the other movie people went to see if they didn't want to see Star Wars. Yeah. Notting Hill was a mega hit. The boys went uh, to Star Wars and their girlfriends drug them to Notting Hill. Exactly. Or yeah, vice versa, because I know movie. some people who are the opposite. So, And then there was a kid's movie that had been out for a couple months that did okay at that time. I just can't remember what it was. But then it dropped to fourth in its next week because of Austin Powers 2. Okay. And then it just continued to fall after that. Uh, in the end, it made $34 million on a $60 million budget. It's pretty mixed. Um reviews on it some critics love it some critics hate it um it's interesting uh that like some critics have a very strong stance on this to the point where i'm like i don't get it like it doesn't those ridiculous like it's so bad this like comments i'm like i don't know about that man uh but Let's talk about it and we'll get that we'll get that taken care of. You know how many fucking bugs they produce that. So many probes in so many holes. That reminds me of a big had to be an ass joke. Oh my god, let's talk about it. Uh so I guess you know, if let's use Rotten Tomato scale just because it's easy. And a scale of one to one hundred, where do you put this movie? Overall, okay. I have not looked at the Rotten Tomato score, so this is an egg, an actual guess. I would say forty five. Okay, I have looked at the Rotten Tomato score, and I will tell you that the Rotten Tomato score is twenty six. Okay, and to me that is insane because, like, <sighs> low or high. <laughs> I think it should be higher. I okay. really enjoyed this film. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Like, I think this is going to be one of those ones where maybe you hated it more than me. I know that this is the plot of K-Pax, and I called it K-Pax in the Mist when I was yeah. talking to you earlier. Yeah. I did like <laughs> K-Pax. Like, and when you, when you go to when you Google Instinct 1999, it says people also searched for Mighty Joe Young, Gorillas in the Mist, Congo, K-Pax. Because I so believe like, that uh, the same team that did the gorillas in this one also did the gorillas, uh, the actual like gorilla animatronics and suits mm-hmm. and everything for and Congo and yeah. um, uh, Gorillas in the Mist. It's uh, Winston, Sam yeah, Winston. Exactly. Uh, These gorillas yeah, were he, really I good. know he did Congo because he improved the gorillas for this. Yeah, greatly. These the, girls look these, fantastic. These look real, to be completely honest. Like at first, I did not think they were fake. There are scenes where you get mixed up for sure. Yeah. Um, now, I am probably going to be weird on this one because I enjoyed this movie from beginning to end. Did I have problems? Yes. Did I have a 25% approval rating problem? No. Okay. To me, this movie is like a, like, what is the lowest since, like, I think in Rotten Tomato scores, the lowest to still be good is 60 that's what I give it. I give it the absolute lowest fresh score it can get. Okay. Um, I think that Cuba Gooding Jr. acted very good in it. 
I think his character was believable and I liked him. I enjoyed uh, Anthony Hopkins character a lot. I thought he was shockingly interesting. Uh, he was very intense and I thought he did a good job. Donald Sutherland is not in there very much. But when he shows up, he always has a good point to make. Uh, Maura Tierney, who played uh, Anthony Hopkins' daughter in this, she was fantastic. She was killing it. Um, everyone in the prison, from the, the dickhead guard to the overworked uh, doctor. doctor and then the patients. But here's the issue. This whole movie was through the view of Cuba Gooding Geo's Theo Calder. And I think this movie would have been far more interesting if we would have stayed in the prison because I was, I was invested in Pete and Nick. Yeah. And uh, Paul Bates is in this. Um, he's Bluto. He's the, the dude that where's my ace. Where's yeah. my ace? That guy. Um, people will know him from uh, coming to America. He's aha. He's the, like the Royal guard. Uh, so like I thought that was funny. The the there are cliches in here. The dickhead guard that abuses the the prisoners. The southern warden who's uh doesn't actually care. I got a the overworked, clumsy kind of flop sweaty doctor that works for him. You know. I got a present for you. Yeah. I want my ace of diamonds. <laughs> I want my ace of diamonds. <laughs> uh, I will say. I really enjoyed the progression in this film. So, okay. He is talking, and this is why I want it from the, from the prison. Or Powell Mm -hmm. is talking about how he had to kind of stay on the outside of the gorillas for a while until he was accepted. And once he was accepted, he had to kind of assert where he should be until they trusted him. And I thought that that was really interesting. And then we see him doing that in the prison. He's just got his head down and he's staying there. And the two weaker links, they come to him and they're like, oh, okay. And that's Pete and Nick. And they're like, oh, hi, you know, we're, we're these characters. Mm -hmm. And then we get Bluto, who is the current silverback, you know, he's, he's the alpha and he puts him in his place. And then all of a sudden people start listening to him and everyone calms down because Bluto brings in an energy of screaming and yelling and and insanity because he's not all there and everyone else mirrors that and then we see uh anthony hopkins character come in and do the same thing but he's like bringing in this chill mellow vibe and everyone chills and mellows out and then with with him doing that and showing uh what it means to like the scene where he like gets him in a headlock and tapes his mouth shut. Yeah. Great scene, by the way. Yeah, I really scene. enjoyed the setup to that where he's peeling the tape off the chair and just how calm he was. And then the, what did I take from you? So good. I really enjoyed that scene. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And, uh, what he, he basically was like, Oh, he realized the good he can do there. So he got rid of the, the card thing and brought in the, the other thing. Cause we see the one guy is so scared. He's pissing himself, literally pissing himself. And he's the first one to get to go outside and it causes all these problems. Cause he's the weak one, you know? And it was like watching, watching these in, inmates in the psych ward from the view of, I know it sounds terrible, but from the view of like their animals, the way that, yeah. Powell is watching them sure. was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're, they're all, I mean, he, he talks about learning to live in the world the way man did, where he knew his place in the world. And um, you just those parallels, you know, like you were saying, it, that is, a, it's very powerful to watch yeah, it yeah. happen. You know, and the and, thing is, you don't even realize if you're just watching a movie for a movie's sake. You don't even realize that's what's happening until halfway through it. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. He's becoming well, the new silverback. And the, the changes in the inmates are interesting because in it, and not just the inmates, the guards, because at the end, yeah. Dax is still a prick. Yeah. But we see a we see another patient when they're watching baseball at the end of the film. We see one of the patients stand up to Dax and tell him to quit yelling. Yeah. And then he says, you got to guard the plate. And then we see Pete, who is like. Yeah the resident chicken. Uh-huh. He basically is like, Oh, I can do something brave. And then unplugs the TV distracts everybody. So Powell can escape. Yeah. And I was like, 
And then, and not just that, because we saw him gain strength. We saw uh, that one guard, the young guard, be nice. Yeah, he was to- he was completely nice and calm, and you and know. It, it got results. And Dax is looking like, uh oh, I've been because that's the thing is they he already pushed Bluto out, but just like always, there's always somebody pushing for dominance. A bigger and Dax fish. is the second dominant person here. Yeah, I really enjoyed that game that was being played. But I just when they left the prison and we were like in Cuba's office or with the daughter and I don't think the daughter did a bad job. But when we left, I was like, I want to go back in that prison. I want to see these patients evolve. I want to see these characters. And I do love the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So maybe I just that's the kind of film I like. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, I get I get that. I get that a lot. You know, the same thing. Did you like K-Pax? Yeah, I actually really like K-Pax. Okay, see, I love I like K-Pax quite a bit too, and you know, um, it's to say it's you get into that environment where they are their basic characters. They're not being tried to pull out, pull uh, trying. Sorry, my brain shat itself there for a second. They are not uh, trying to be pulled out of their character and changed. Mm-hmm. You get to see them being, you know, who they're supposed to be. And it's it's very interesting. Oh, for real. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I got to say, you could say whatever you want about the intro of this movie. We got a five minute introduction of characters and I understood everybody's place and motivation. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the the guards bring Anthony Hopkins and then him being friends with the dogs. By the time yeah. he gets there, I get his character. And then we see Cuba Gooding Jr. doing what he does best with that woman that thought the Pope was being replaced or whatever yeah immediately i understood him and then we saw donald sutherland like being like yeah i can get you what you want but it's going to cost you immediately i understood him i understood and then just even the mom and daughter watching the dad uh attack at the airport or not the airport at the uh at the prison yeah when he escapes because of the sirens when that happens, I understood them. I understood their place where they're like, oh, this isn't our father. This isn't the person we love anymore. We miss him. What, you know, what is replaced him? And I thought, damn, they did a really good job at like showing me who all of these characters were without us getting a ton of boring exposition that was unneeded. Instead, yeah. we got like, here's a 10 minute opener and you've got it. You understand everybody's motivations. You understand everyone's starting points. I was good. I, I is the movie got problems? Yeah, man. Like, class. It, it's very predictable. First yeah. off, and then it's the classic. Oh, evil poachers. Oh, evil guards. Oh, evil warden. Like, yes, that all is just like shit that you see all the time, and you're just like, okay, yeah, we've seen it. We know this. But like, man, I. I don't know. I really, I watched the beginning to end and I, I, afterwards I go, huh, I, I liked this. Not just liked it like enough to go, oh, cool. This is a movie that uh, I got through and I didn't bother me. Cause like there were plenty of movies we watched where I'm like, oh, that was fine. Yeah, this right. is a movie where I was like, man, if somebody's like looking for an interesting film about certain, like, especially psyche, I would point this in the direction. But I will say this. The fucking advertisement. Have you watched the trailer for this? I no, I did not. Is it the trailer? Garbage? The trailer sells it like it's fucking Silence of the Lambs. Well, how how far? Let's see. So, what did he do? What did Anthony Hopkins do between this and Silence of the Lambs? Oh boy, I'm curious because that is kind of a feeling I got, and I'm not from watching the trailer. Just in general, it's like wow, this is. You know, hitting some deja vu there. Um, but he's like a good guy in this. Yeah. So 91. Yeah. It was 91 for Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And then 99 for this. So, so, so eight, eight years, years of Anthony Hopkins films. That's a lot. Yeah. It probably is. Let's see. 91 Silence of the Lambs. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Goddamn. 15. Yeah, I was gonna say he he does a lot. 20, 21, 22. This would be twenty three. Let's see what what is here that is actually something that people care about. The Mask of Zorro. Meet Joe Black. He was in Dracula, where he played Van Helsing, yes. another character who's like superiority complex. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He was in Chaplin. Yep. Oh, he's in the trial where he's a, a priest being accused of uh, molesting a child. A lot of these movies I haven't seen. Legends of the Fall. He's a uh, like a wealthy dude in that. That Brad Pitt's trying to bang his wife and stuff. He was in The Edge, <laughs> a survival movie about bears. Mask yeah. of Zorro. Oh, Meet Joe Black. Well, he did like four movies with Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, so interesting. I'm just looking here. He really oh he was in Amistad. He was John Quincy Adams in Amistad, the lawyer that became president. So like the the trailer though, like plays him up like this violent serial killer who's more gorilla than man. Yeah. And if you look at the movie poster, yeah, mind, the, that definitely shows it. That movie poster shows him like g- screaming and like a really scary look on his face, and like it's nothing is more savage than civilization. That's yeah. not what this fucking movie was. No, not at all. And honestly, like even if you look at the first face on the movie cover, even that is angry. Listen to this. All right. It's only two minutes long. This is the trailer. I'll pause it every once in a while so we can talk a little bit. I can I can play it. Oh, can you? Yeah. Yeah, I can pl- I, I can play it and then we can uh, I can pause it when you uh, point at me or Something like that. Uh, Instinct. Okay, go ahead. Uh, 1999 trailer. Okay, here we go. Rated R. Video. Is it just quiet? No, anthropologist Ethan Powell was reported missing in October 1994. Lost for nearly two years. They oh, said you he can't walked hear, can among you? them, part of the animal group. But the audience can? Yeah. He killed two Rwandan Park Rangers okay, that's fine. with a wooden club. So, yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. is talking about him killing people. Takes on their behavior. Yeah, now it's showing him tackling people. Yeah, I'm watching the silent trailer. It's like, yeah, we're looking at Donald Sutherland. And even they really show show uh, um, Sutherland in it like he's way more in this movie. Yeah, they showed the pencil attack thing. Really, I thought maybe he was just in a bad mood. Powell is a dangerous psychotic. There's him attacking somebody else. Therapy. Are you a murderer? Oh yeah. And see, now he's admitting that he's a murderer in a creepy way. And yeah. so much of this trailer is him being either violent or creepy. Yeah, there's him swinging the stick. And, like, these, like, flashes of, like, a color and negative, color and like, stuff. negative None image. Of, like, he was, like, peaceful. Dude. He attacked Cuba Gooding Jr. at one point to right. prove a point. Right. Yeah, this is ridiculous. This is a different this movie. This trailer definitely felt like it's the Silence of the Lambs sequel. More attacks. Prison riots. Running. Flashes. Fighting. The movie has violent moments, but the movie is nowhere as near as violent as this trailer makes it look. He is mostly very peaceful. He only attacks those that deserve it. Are you afraid to go back there? You afraid to follow? Try me. Yeah, that was, that's ridiculous. So to me, I think part of why this movie failed is people went in expecting a Silence of the Lambs film and they got like, I'm trying to think like, um, what's a good psych, psychiatric movie where like Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. You know, this yeah. movie is more Goodwill Hunting than Silence of the Lambs. For sure. But I they mean, sell it like it's, and, and I, I think maybe uh, just, knowing that the movie was going to be something that it wasn't, maybe that is why the reviews are so bad, but I enjoyed it. And I don't know, man, I just feel like it it just feels weird that like people (laughs) like sell shit like that all the time. I I don't know why, but I don't know. Yeah. You kind of got to wonder if they're trying to trick people into the theater. And in that case, it's like, why would you do that? Just because you're the people you trick into the theater are not going to like your movie. And then word of mouth is going to spread. Just yeah. if you have a certain movie 
market that movie, get the audience that likes it, and word of mouth will be positive. Well, there was a big complaint about uh, Inglorious Bastards being uh, uh, pitched as something it wasn't, or Big Fish, famous for being pitched as something it wasn't. Like, you went into Big Fish thinking it was this fantastical, magical world, and it's like a story about a father and son uh, trying to reconnect at the end of the father's life, and it's very emotional. And people were like, that wasn't what I expected, so they gave it negative reviews, but that movie still to this day I love. Yeah, because if you don't hit your target audience, then you're not going to get good reviews because they're not your target target audience. And not everyone exactly. is like us and can look at a movie and look at it from you know a couple different perspectives. I'm not going to say all of them because even uh, even we are short-sighted at times. Oh, but, for sure. I, I'm I mean, biased. On we understand stuff. when – and I mean that's part of the shtick is for us to be biased. Um, it's our that's opinion. True. But we do understand that sometimes we have to go – um, easy on a movie because we are not the target audience, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, that's what I always try to view kids' movies. Yeah. Um, exactly. The way I view a kids' film is: is this a movie that uh, will entertain a child, and I can set around and hear and not be annoyed with? Yeah. And we've had kids' movies on here, like um, that Bigfoot movie that I loved. Oh, Missing Link. Missing Link, yeah. yeah. I go, that was great. I enjoyed it. I could see a kid enjoying it. I enjoyed it 100%. And then we had like Sinbad where I was like, man, I was bored. <laughs> exactly. It's so boring. So, and this movie is the same. If if you are into, and if you like psychiatry, if you're into psychiatry, or if you're just like an animal person, because his net, his message in here is humans fucking suck. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yes. So. For sure. Oh, man, I don't know, man. I, I hate saying this, but I liked it. Yeah. Well, um, right, so. so a couple oh, things. Um, number one, uh, Sean Connery was originally supposed to play Ethan Powell. I don't think he'd have the right attitude. Me neither. I think I think Hopkins, even though I made fun of Hopkins for being tiny, I think he's the right person for this. I think I think it's honestly his stature makes it. Because Yeah, you know what? You're right. If You're he's right. Too tall, he's, he's wide, not yeah. fat. He's like a wide little guy. Exactly. He's very and his kind voice really helps. Exactly. When you see that madman and he's like, Oh yes. It's just like there's something about that that just feels like, yeah. oh, this isn't what I thought it was. Exactly. I think his and stature helps him on that one. I'll say this. I know Cuba Gooding Jr. is a piece of shit, but <laughs> his his I want to be the best attitude in this, he fucking nailed it. That was a good monologue when oh, he's yeah. talking to him at the end and telling him what keeps him up at night. And, yeah. you know, who I go through a mental list of who did I interact with and did I – make a favorable impression am i good with yeah. this person am i good with this person yeah, am that, i good with the people that can make me am i good with the people that can break me right and and good. we know this is him because we get a great scene where a psychiatrist he meets a famous one tells a joke that isn't any good and he does this laugh <laughs> which is so fake but Obviously. it was because he's like oh well i want to impress this guy and like we and, and what's funny is Sutherland calls him out on his bullshit, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I like this Donald Sutherland character because he does. Uh, he says two lines in this movie that were so fucking good, where he's like, "That's why I'm putting my best guy on it," and he goes, "Um, but that's going to be like two months of work and and ten days," and he goes, "Oh, then I must be talking about Tompkins." <laughs> when he said that, I was like, "Damn, that was a good line," because he's like, "Well, fuck it, if you can't do it, then I'll right. give it to someone else." And exactly. I was like, holy shit, that was good. And then whenever he calls him out later where he's like, where they're drinking, and he goes, everyone loses one. Right. In the end, you're always like, have a drink with me, go home and forget about it. You got to remember that you have to do this or you're never going to make it. Yeah. It's like in this industry, all you're doing is people with things in their head. You know what I mean? And like, if you let that happen, you're going to be one of those people. Yeah. So. I and I even liked the 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 Shelby doctor whenever he finally fights back. And he's like, what am I uh, uh, overworked, lazy piece of shit? And he's like, you don't know the conditions I've had to work in. You don't know what I've had to do. And when Cuba Gooding Jr. tries to do better there, 
it immediately backfires. A dude almost dies from busting his head. It causes a miniature riot. He immediately fucking saw, oh, yeah, you're right, dude. I'm sorry. And I love that he made mistakes and had to learn from them. And it and it's it's funny, too, because, like, obviously, Dax is the problem and he brought him up on charges so he might get fired. But Dax is also seemingly buddy buddy with the warden because oh, every time yeah. we see the warden, Dax with him. And I was like, man, they did a good job in this movie of telling us who these characters were without saying, oh, by the way, this is Dax's friend who always does what, you know, da, 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 and the, the warden gives him, you know, a special nepotism, blah, blah, blah. I was like, huh, okay. Because, like, I'm going to pull this up real quick. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. And I know, again, especially after the new thing where we found out that they were paying certain people to up uh, critic scores, this has a 65 reviews from critics, and it sets at a 26. It's got over 25,000 views from audience score, and it's at 67. That's much more reasonable. That makes sense. I would agree with that one. Is the plot predictable? Yes. Yes. Is it a little convoluted, adding the whole the gorilla thing plus the abuse thing? But is it is it there? Could there have been a straighter line? Yes. But I I don't know. I think I think the flaws of the movie make it more interesting. I, I hate saying that because I usually am. I, that's what we do on here is we we point out flaws. But damn, I think the fact that when you look back on the movie and you see that Anthony Hopkins chose everything that happened. It was his choice. You know, for instance, we start with them saying... The only thing he didn't have power over was getting his daughter back, and Cuba Gooding Jr. forced that and and did it for him. Yeah. But, like, anytime you see, like, for instance, him not talking, they assume that it's just because of trauma or he's something like that. Or he's, he's catonic, you know? Yeah, he just chose not to talk. He just didn't want to talk. Yeah, And so every single thing that happens to him, for the most part, is because he chose that. And the fact that he has control over that the entire time when you look back on it is one of those things where you just you're watching the credits and you're just kind of smiling because you're like, holy shit. (laughs) He he was literally in control the whole time. Well, um, what does he say to him? What did that? What did I take from you? His, and what's the first thing he says? My freedom. And he goes, no, no. you're so free. Yeah. And he goes, what did I take from you? I forgot what the second thing he said. was. Um, I think the first one was control. Oh, yeah. And then the second control. one was freedom. And then freedom. And yeah. then he goes, because no. he's like, and you he's never like, had illusions. control. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you never had it. You never had it from the beginning. Yeah, you, so I didn't you take it. From decide, and so I didn't take it. Yeah. And then like, yeah, the first thing was, uh, the first thing was control. Then it's because he has him locked up. He's like, free. He's like, you're free. Yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, obviously you're free. And then the last bit of it, when he's like, your illusions, he goes, ah, give him a little kiss. Yeah. And he's like, there you go. <laughs> because we all, and I, I love that because we all know that. I mean, especially like, like I hate to like, I, I'm not going to go all uh, philosophy on everyone here, but like, most of us have no real control over our futures. We, the there's higher ups, people with money, people with power that basically kind of get to control where people go. The most you can do is enjoy your time and what you're doing and, and actually like make it a thing, you know, like don't worry about your lot in life to the point where you're not enjoying your lot in life. Uh, Jesse and I, not to TMI for anybody, Jesse and I both have past marriages, by the way. Mm. We both went through marriage and we married high school sweethearts. We we are very similar like that. It was a mistake on both of our parts. Same thing ended up happening to both of us. We had, the, it, <laughs> I, I will say, uh, what, what in a negative quality, what Jesse's went for in quality, mine went for in quantity, <laughs> but <laughs> there, there definitely is some things there, you know? Like I would say, at least all the guys that, you know, my ex-wife went <laughs> they're around her age. You, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> grandpa got introduced to the story, but it's neither here nor there. <laughs> we all, we all got it done. So it's like, we understand because when that happens, you're like, what did I do wrong? It's the first thing you say is, what did I do wrong? The first thing you say. Yeah. And anyone that has something terrible happen to them where there's not like a, it's not like an accident where someone dies. or But if someone like that's close to you kills themselves or someone that you love leaves you or doesn't love you back, 
you always say, what did I do wrong? As if you had some illusion that you had control over what that person was going to do. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, he kind of introduces that in a way of saying like, that's why I like gorilla so much because they don't fucking care. Yeah. And I was like, God damn dude. I, I really, I, and I, I'm not gonna lie. I loved this film. It's one of my favorite films we've done again, 1999. <laughs> wow. Well, what yeah. a year for film, right? <laughs> we've talked about it a million times. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so far 99 has been good to us. Not too bad. Um, one other thing I want to mention is that the baby gorilla was yeah. played by Vern Troyer. That's true. I R. saw R. that. That was that was the end of my notes. Most of it was just opinions. Dude, I barely even left wrote notes because I, I got I, into it. I will admit that's the exact same reason I don't have any notes. Like, yeah, I, I, I was there in was a it stretch deep. where I was watching it and I go, oh, fuck, I haven't written anything down. Right. Yeah. Exactly the same situation. I I I did true. I've been trying to not let it let it slide, but I did truly enjoy the film. Yeah, yeah, oh, I enjoyed yeah. the hell out of it. When he brings him to the zoo, yeah, and he's talking about free the freedom of that gorilla. There, he's like less than two miles away. There's freedom for him, right? And he can smell it. He knows it. He knows it's out there, but he he's not trying to get it because he's given up. That's the problem is you can be broken to give up. Mm-hmm. And he kind of tells Cuba Gooding Jr. to don't be broken and give up. And we kind of think that's what happened to him. We think that the assault, the painting over his, uh, he did like a map of all the migratory routes of early man. And he did it on his cell walls and everyone was like starting to like him more and like things going back to normal and all that, that set him off where he abused where he was getting abused so he attacked the guard it's a good example of the you think he didn't listen to his own information that he gave up but he didn't give up he realized that what he did he would do again as soon as that guy did that he goes oh no i would do it again yeah 100 i'll do that again and if they ask me if i would do it again i don't think i can tell them no and so he realized that escaping was a better route than uh trying to get out naturally now, here's a big question. How the fuck did he get back to Africa? I have no idea. Yeah, that, that one's a weird one. I mean, maybe he had connections, but those connections would have been decades old. So I, I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know. Somehow he got back. To the end of the film, he escapes, and he goes back to Africa, and he, we see him walking into the jungle. I do feel bad for the daughter, um, but... Like he said, when he goes, what would you say to her? What would you say to her? He said, goodbye. Yeah. And that was a powerful moment because he knew he knew that one way or the other, she was going to be gone. He was going to be gone. He was either going to be locked in this prison for the rest of his life or he was going to get out and go back to the jungle. There was no other options here. So goodbye was all he could say to her. Sure. And I thought that that was a very good way of him like going. I, I made a mistake. Am I? I. Like, I feel bad for the wife. I feel bad for the daughter. But he's like, well, that mistake is something that I can't go back to. I'm a mistake for them, and I need to move on. And kudos to the fact that he says, you know, what would you say to her? And he says, you know, goodbye. And, you know, it's like the first moment he speaks in the entire movie. And kudos to the writing and the directing team for not cutting it there and bringing us back the next day or something stupid. They immediately have him turn around and say, did I just make your fucking day? Yeah. You know? And, uh, well, it, it's a good moment of showing he, he's way smarter. Yeah. Because there is this thing that people do when someone has like a mental disability. We talk to them like they're children. Yeah. And a lot of times they just, they are smart as an adult in a way mm-hmm. they have trouble learning or adapting to things that change. So like, talk to him normally just talk to those people normally right and you'll find that they respect that and 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 a lot of times and because i have i i grew up around a lot of people with mental disabilities so my mom took care of them so she would uh, she would do like day passes and we we'd see them a lot and i became friends with a lot of them a lot of them are intelligent enough to take advantage if you start talking to them like a child they realize they can do childlike things around you and mm-hmm. you're not gonna get on to them about it because you think that they're 
mentality is that of a, of a child and right. they'll abuse that. And I, I, I was like, I like that Cuba Gooding Jr. kind of got a taste of his medicine there. And he was like, yeah, the, the, that line is so good that I would just make your fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Yeah. Cause he'd been waiting for him to talk this entire time. Yeah. He hasn't talked in <laughs> two and a half years. And, yeah. And you see Cuba Gooding's face get like all <gasps> as soon as, uh, as soon as he talks and then, yeah, like, I just make the, your fucking day. That giving up illusions though, and just realizing what the world is. I, I do like how it mirrors in this movie where he's uncomfortable sitting in the rain with the mm-hmm. leaf on his head and he looks at the gorillas who are just being rained on and they're like, why? Yeah. I feel fine. Rain. And then he takes the leaf off his head, lets the rain hit him. And he's like, I'm fine. Right. Why do we stop the rain? Exactly. You know why? And then at the end of the movie, we see Cuba Gooding Jr. Get out of his car. It starts to rain and he just basks in it. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, it was good. So, I, I mean, well, well, you know what? Let's play our game. And then we'll answer a question. That everybody knows. <laughs> okay. I don't know how much longer I can hold this. John Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. Am I first? Joe dies another day. Uh, you you know <laughs> what's a Joe die every day, <laughs> right? You know what's funny? I actually didn't put who was first on my notes. Um, yes, you are. I believe it's me though. It is you. So um, I got in one. Nice. Okay. Um, I, I use this all the time, and now it's a lead character, Joe and Commuting Junior in American Gangster together. Oh crap. <laughs> I use American Gangster all the time. Still haven't watched it. And this movie. I was like, well, I'm using it again because I happen to know that they're in there. So, okay. uh, yeah. So that I got it in one. Uh, I went to, um, I got Hopkins to Keanu Reeves and Dracula and Keanu to Joe and Speed. Nice. There's a lot of, there's actually quite a few, um, like connecting it to Speed. Yeah. Like that was the first thing I saw because I was going to try to not do Cuba and see if there's another one. Like uh, the dude I was just talking about was in Coming to America and there were people in Coming yeah. to America that were in Speed and so you know you get the connection there. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll just jump right over to it, right? Jesse, uh, should it bomb? One, two, three, four. Three, two, one, but I hope the movie old fails as good as I hope it does. But that doesn't make any fucking sense, Brain. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> no, I don't think it should have. I mean, either. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't think it should have been some like uh, classic hit that uh, changes the way we yeah. do film. Nobody's winning but awards I, off of it. Yeah, I, I definitely think that if you like Anthony Hopkins, if you like Cuba Gooding Jr., sorry, um, watch this. If you like psychi- psychiatric films, watch this. Yeah. Uh, it's short, by the way. Let's yeah, see. It's two, two hours, hours, three minutes. That's nice. Nice uh, short film is always a good time. Uh, I, I've i got only negative things I got to say about it is, uh, yeah, it's, it could have been cleaner. It felt like if they would have brought one person in to just go over the script one last time, we would have had a great film. Yeah. And maybe launched it at a different time. But who knew? I mean, you well, could have got a, it with a different approach, I would say. Yeah, that too. I mean, if, you this, had the, if this had the uh, ad campaign of Goodwill Hunting, yeah. but with some action in it. Exactly. Let people know what they're going to go see. I mean, Goodwill Hunting had action. He fought that guy in the bar. How's them apples, you know? Yeah. You like apples? How you like them apples? I got a number. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, well, Jesse, uh, I'm trying to think if we need to talk anymore about the shit at bomb. That was a quick shit at bomb because we both were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, 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 we revealed our hand early on. Yeah, exactly. I, I uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think looking it, at my notes, like, did I leave any notes out? Uh, yeah, I don't uh, think it's Corny Weaver. Uh, we talked about that. Gorilla Suits, you talked about that. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to see it in the psych ward. I said that. Uh, Hopkins is 5'4. That's, that's interesting. Wow. I didn't know that. 
I knew he was a, I, was a little bit shorter, but you go short, King. Let me look again. I I don't know if that's true, because like some reports say he's five nine, and some reports say he's like four five four or five five. Uh, maybe it's changed as he's gotten older. People do shrink a little. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Gravity's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you. I, yeah, I, I start getting. Yeah, I, I see so many reports with different heights on him. Yeah. He is a little guy, even at five nine. That's kind of short. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, what's next week, Jesse? Well. Let's hope it's easier to find than this movie. I called his bluff, sweetheart. That's all. I knew he wouldn't have it in him to actually... Next time you gamble, bet your own life. Okay, okay, okay. That's from The Incredibles 2004. Fantastic movie. Uh, The next movie is not that movie. The next movie is Shazam! Fury of the Gods 2023. Uh, Boy, do I have things to say about this. I have not seen this. Oh, really? Uh, once I figured out it was going to be on our list, I decided not to watch it. See, I saw it like opening weekend because I was going to go see a movie anyway. And I'm like, well, this looks like there we go. Okay. And I got to say, uh, I got some comments about this film. I Good and wait. bad, by the way. Oh. Can't wait. But, uh, man, <laughs> a lot of my negativity has to do with The Rock fucking it up. I will say that. No, I didn't even know The Rock was in it. That he's not. Oh. That's the point. Oh. <laughs> he just fucked Black it up Ad- by clearly, ripple effect from Black Adam. This movie was clearly written. It was clearly written to have uh, Black Adam as the villain. Black Bummer. Adam was introduced in the previous movie as a thing that could happen. And then it never happened because The Rock was like, oh, I want my own movie. And so they change it to the daughters of Atlas, who was like, that power is mine. That power is mine. No, that's Shazam that should be saying, or Black Adam that should be like, my power is mine. That power is mine. Yeah. Other than a weird romance subplot with one of the kids, everything in this movie tells me that this movie was originally Black Adam and that they had to last minute change things. That's annoying. Granted, the change did, in fact, give more time to Freddie Freeman, who was a shining star in the first film and I think he does in this film. He actually has one of my favorite lines which we'll cut and I'll just tell you to cut it now. Um, <laughs> he says uh, the pit, the pit, you're sitting us to the pit? Is that just a really shitty uh, really shitty name for a really cool place? <laughs> I, I just love that good. like that phrase. It's so good. <laughs> that's awesome. But anyway, that should be fun. Yeah. Alright, Jesse. Um, what are you watching? So, uh, Do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. Do I accept Sorry. that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. Enough about me. What about you? <laughs> well, uh, I watched One Piece. Okay. Okay. I haven't watched it yet. I have it, but I don't, I haven't watched it. This is what you need to understand about me with One Piece. First off, I have a very good friend. Uh, one of my best friends. Top two best friends, right? Great guy. Love him to death. Just one of those dudes that ride or die type. Just absolutely fucking love him. He has been forcing me for years. Trust me, One Piece. Trust me, One Piece. Trust me on One Piece. Trust me on One Piece. And I gave in years ago to him. And I will admit that I, as wa- I was at first, I watched it just in the background while I was doing things. I got to the point where I was so fucking connected and in it that like I couldn't do anything else. And I was excited for a new episode. Um, it is one of those things that grow on you. Wow. So I do, in fact, really enjoy One Piece as the, the anime. The show has a almost impossible goal. And shockingly, Somehow Netflix has done it. It is incredibly good. Nice. If I don't know anything about the anime, am I going to be lost? No, they do a great job. Like your, your season one is what is introduced. Yeah. Yeah. They introduce everything. They explain things as it goes along. Cool. Cause I do not watch anime, so I know absolutely nothing about it, but I've seen clips and just the clips look cool enough that I want to watch it. It's it's good. Visually, I, uh, it looks 
fantastic. Like there are parts in it where I'm like, Ugh. but it's like, you can't, they, they just follow the story. Okay. So there are parts that work in animation that look weird in person, but it's so few and far between that you kind of just, first off, I got to say this, they do a great job at introducing the world as a place where fucking weirdos are everywhere. Yeah. So you immediately are like, oh, okay, this is a heightened reality that's weird, and there's snail phones, and everyone dresses really odd, and everyone's hair is wild, and the wa- the Earth, the planet they're on is like 95% water. Okay, okay. So there's that. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it, though. I think that people that don't even know One Piece, as long as you just enjoy like a fun all ages comedy i think you'll enjoy it okay well good uh, as, I, as I far as <sighs> as far as what i'm playing jesse <laughs> it, yeah it hasn't changed at all fill that in now <laughs> yeah we all know it's Baldur's gate i am like second to last fight in the game i'm on right now nice. but then i'm just gonna replay it evil of course because i'm a good guy right now and I'm going to replay evil. Oh yeah. I, I'm a strong, dumb, good guy. And I'm going to play it back through as a weak, very intelligent, bad guy. Nice. Very nice. So, yeah. yeah. I just got the Drax playthrough, And then, uh, you know, like your evil scientist playthrough. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, where are you at in it right now? I have not moved because I've been playing the other game. Starfield. Yeah. We'll talk about it when we get to your section, I guess. Yeah. Because my wife is playing and I got some things to say. You know what's funny? I actually, um, I do, I watched the Tiki Talk and there is a gentleman on there and I wish I had his name, but I don't right offhand, uh, who's actually talking about turning the Princess Bride into a D&D campaign and the fact that most people uh, misclassify characters from the Princess Bride. One of my favorite ones that he talks about, he talks about obviously that, uh, you know, Wesley's probably a rogue and things like that. Yeah, he's definitely a rogue. But my favorite is when he talks about Fezzik, and he says that Fezzik is a, a half, bard. He's a half giant bard. He's a definitely a he's one hundred percent a bard. <laughs> he he talks his way out of most things. Doesn't yeah. even fight. He, he rhymes. One of his <laughs> intimidation is his tactic. Yeah. I am the dread pirate robber. <laughs> That's performance. Yeah. It's performance. Yeah. He's definitely a bard. <laughs> he's just huge. Yeah. <laughs> that like, was, does he awesome. even use his physical strength except for one time? He use. I mean, he uses it uh, as far as fighting is concerned. I don't really think he does. Because I would say that uh, he uses to climb the rope and things like that. But that's the half giant part of him. Yeah. I say Inigo is a fighter because he has two handed weapon. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Because remember, he switches hands and he goes, I am left handed. What you don't know is I am right handed. Right. (laughs) I was like, yeah, he's he's a fighter. His whole thing is fighting. And he's even got like a cause behind him. But yeah, no, uh, if you think about Wesley, he finesse weapons. He uses only light yeah. swords. So that's a that's a classic rogue move. Yeah, it was. Um, he uses persuasion, intimidation, and deception for most of his things. I mean, he didn't even technically beat most of those characters. He kind of just tricked them. Yeah, so, so the, the gentleman's name is uh, Dan McCurdy. On TikTok. Oh, okay. Uh, and actually, he I, I misquoted. He did not call Wesley a rogue. He called him um, something else. And I, I was not familiar with the term, but it was uh, basically having to do with the fact that uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts was his, like, his teacher. And he ended up mm-hmm. taking up the mantle after him. I wish I had it memorized. It I wish there he... There are a uh, whole lot of people... I, uh, obviously the audience just heard all that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't, so I don't know what just happened, guys. I, it started playing his uh, TikTok uh, that my uh, future brother-in-law sent me. Uh, nice. So yeah, we'll, we'll let we'll let them listen to it for a second here. Wesley from the Princess Bride is a um, D D character that you would make him a swashbuckling. So rogue. he's talking and about how normally most people would make Wesley a rogue for being wrong. 
And I know what you're thinking. And they're wrong. How could you possibly make this argument? You could justify so, Wesley as nearly any class because he seems to be good at practically He's kind of a jack of all trades, so he says he could be pretty much anything. in the world. Manages um, to defeat an undefeatable Colossus in hand-to-hand combat. So Manages he's to name the stuff like that he's done. In the world, despite having just been mean to her for no reason. And pulls random his feats, way abilities, and immunities seemingly out of thin air. Defeats the big bad so, with an intimidation check that basically intimidation boils check down to features sit your ass guy. down or I'll make everyone be mean guy. to you forever. And after rescuing the princess, uh, he goes for a kiss, jokingly rolls for it, gets a crit, and turns out to be one of the greatest kisses of all time. <laughs> oh my god, so I looked up. For all we know, he's just rolling the princess dice that's all 20. And yes, I agree, oh, it's a total fantastic. mystery. Here you've got so, the man who's is, at best a four-hit point villager, goes um, off to seek his fortune, so, ends yeah. up in some sort of calamity, makes a deal with this mysterious patron, and all of a sudden Gains all these very interesting and seemingly impossible makes a deal power. with a strange pack the blade warlock he's a the original dread pressing ah, seemingly impossible there it is. let's listen folks he's a pack to the blade warlock a path to the blade warlock oh i can see that because he has a uh he he has a uh like a diva like a devotion yeah okay Listen to this. Though. Pact of right. the Blade. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, that makes sense. War. I mean, a warlock that doesn't use magic. Yeah. Which, I mean, is a useless warlock. So this is funny, <laughs> right? So it's a DM playing, right? Okay. DM. Having nearly escaped Hopperdick, you find yourselves in the dangerous fire swamps. Wesley's character. Do I know anything about this area? Any danger? Roll a history check. Wesley, rolls a 15. DM. You know rumor of giant rats in the swamps, as well as quicksand. Wesley, and what do I know about the giant rats? Roll nature. Rolls a 1. Oh, what, rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. By the way, what's your passive perception? What? Roll initiative. <laughs> uh, Fantastic. If only we had a Wilburrow. Yeah, I bought one at level one. I never got rid of it. Oh <laughs> uh, Man, I want... There are two uh, two geeky things I want for my home. One of them's a welcome mat that says, this could be a mimic. And then the other one just says, roll for initiative. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm just yeah. looking at. I'm so glad that D and D has been brought so far back into the mainstream because of Baldur's Gate Three. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Even it, like this is funny too. It's like marriage, marriage is what brings us together today. It's like that's exactly a DM trying to break his characters with some batshit crazy voice. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, this is funny. This this is a whole Reddit th- uh, thing of just talking about it. Uh, that's really funny. That's awesome. <laughs> if only we had a Wilburrow and a what's the cloak called? A uh, Holocaust cloak. A Holocaust cloak, yeah. yeah. Like this one? <laughs> uh, great. You, what about a, a Wilburrow? Like the one we took from the albino? It's like that's, and you know what? Pack rat guy, classic D and D play. Yep, that's me. I keep <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, speaking of Baldur's Gate, um, you have to fight some giant robots at one point, and there's one gianter robot. And somebody told me the trick that if you can sneak good enough, you can plant explosives. Okay. And so I planted all of the explosives around. I I literally have been holding onto explosives for so long. I put all of them around <laughs> where the big baddie comes in at. And then there's a move called black hole that pulls everything in. Mm-hmm. And I centered it on him. He can't move, but all the other robots that join him can. So they all get pulled in. And then I just threw a firebomb, oh killed all of the robots, except for the big baddie took half his life. And then I was like, all right, let's go clean up boys. <laughs> it was so, like, is a fight that's supposed to be pretty hard. So easy. Right? I mean, it's so easy. God, that's what I love about Baldur's Gate 3, man. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about Baldur's Gate is there's so much shit you can do that's different. Yeah. I I walked into the mur- murder tribunal, and he's like, what do you... And before I even finished talking, I fucking threw my fucking spear directly at him. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I think, murder tribunal. I'm not even giving you a chance to talk. I don't even know what story beats you have. <laughs> immediately start a fight they're like oh and now i'm in a good position and they're like whoa what the fuck is going on <laughs> like that's right motherfuckers initiative <laughs> oh man so fun so fun oh my song uh the band talk all caps okay they have a song called runaway to mars uh it is catchy as shit i'm gonna play a little bit of it and of course we'll do what we always do we talk over it oh, 
That's a guitar. Oh, I like the voice. I like the raspy voice thing. Yeah. That's not bad. What what time period are they? Like when they came out? Yeah. That is a great question. Let's take a look. That feels very that feels very nineties. By the way, the lead singer is huge. He's like six eight, six nine, and probably weighs four hundred pounds. That's He's a awesome. fucking massive dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and he he dresses like a professional wrestler. Eh. Talk, dude. I I just did something that made no sense and make fun of me for it. I tried to write the word band. I typed band. But I was just thinking, oh, man, I need to put my pants in the dryer. And I wrote pants <laughs> instead of band. And I go, boy, my head is fucked Talk up. pants. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> 2021 to now. Okay. All right. That uh, That is way newer than I thought. But all that is old is new again. Um, yeah, this is like this song went platinum, which is wild to me. They're on tour right now. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Very nice. Oh, like, yeah, oh, he cool. is giant. My God. Yeah, he's a big fucking dude, dude. I love this Holy guy. Crap. And he's, like, real fabulous. Like, he wears, like, he paints his nails and wears makeup and stuff. And he's and he just always wears colors. He's just a really fucking fun-looking guy, man. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of, like, Maddie Madison, you know? Yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, I absolutely love him. He's one of those guys out there now that I'm like, all right, I'm fucking sold on this guy. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So, Yeah. Nice. Uh, that's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Oh, well, let's see. I'm playing Starfield still. Um, so um, did you see the cheat on Starfield where if you build a, sh- a ship that has no center, you can't be shot? I did. <laughs> but my my uh, aesthetic sensibilities won't let me do it because <laughs> it's ugly as sin. Uh, I thought about making a space donut, but I, I just haven't done it yet. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, who's your partner? I don't have one. I am a lone wolf. I take no one with me to do anything. Fuck all of you people. <laughs> so unlike most of those games where your partner is sort of invincible, your partner can die in this game. Yes. And Brittany was partnered with the cowboy guy from the junk planet. Oh, no. The one with the daughter. Yeah. He she loves Cole? that character. Oh. And during a huge fight, he fucking died. And she was like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. she, like she actually had anguish like no oh, and then she man. ended up getting the the guy that looks like jeffrey wright yeah the, the yeah. computer guy and she's like i go okay i'll say jeffrey wright she goes who's jeffrey wright i go jeffrey wright talks like this in every movie he does this is his voice every time <laughs> it's jeffrey wright and she's like do i know him from anything and i show a picture she goes oh yeah okay that guy yeah yeah so i was like yeah everything he does like no oh, i'm i'm commissioner gordon and that's batman i'm jeffrey wright <laughs> Like Man. he just has that weird voice, and I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good though. Like See, it. a friend of mine was telling me, hey, just uh, keep in mind that there's a mission where you're gonna have to choose between your two favorite companions, and one of them might not make it. And I told him, jokes on you, because <laughs> I don't have a favorite. <laughs> like, because I don't take jokes on you. Nobody I killed them all. <laughs> right. As I take them along in the missions that I have to take them on, and then they stay the fuck home. I don't want any of you people on my ship. but i also took the introvert trait when i created my character so i'm stronger without anyone but in fallout i used to always take the lone wolf trait because i didn't want them i'm a stealth player and the companions in starfield uh super mutant with the (laughs) the cannon on his back (laughs) the companions in starfield are basically the kool-aid man I mean, they just oh, yeah. know the cowboy nothing. dude literally just pulls his guns out and yeah. starts blasting at nothing. Right, he's Danny DeVito. So then I started <laughs> blasting. That's why she got the computer guy because all he really does is like help you hack shit and yeah. do that kind of stuff. And she's like, he's much more useful. I he's left a shit in a fight, but I left one of my companion because I had to take a companion, and I left her outside. I said, wait here, and then I went into the building, and I'm like two stories up in this building. And someone just happens to see me just a second. And then I hide and I'm immediately not seen anymore. This woman, Kool-Aid man was her way all the way through the level to where I'm at. And 30 seconds later is coming in shooting bullets everywhere and just ruins everything. 
That was the last time I had a companion. <laughs> I almost shot her myself. I was so mad. Blaster. Yeah. So yeah. You're like, I, all right, this is what you get. Right. Like, well, I'm gonna take care of a problem real quick. <laughs> yeah. You know what's really funny? Is uh the little girl still on her ship. Oh God, seeing that's that's like one of the main reasons I wouldn't even go back and talk to Cole after we were done with our mission. I'm like, nope, you're staying here. Like, yeah, I mean, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna risk your life. Right. Brittany's like, risk your life. Risk it all. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I get that. So um and then the the uh the movie, uh well I'll do the book because the movie is gonna probably take we're gonna end up talking, I'm sure. Uh, so I, uh, the book I'm going to suggest, um, RAP was, uh, the book, uh, it's read and authored by Leslie Jordan. Um, and it is how y'all doing. And it says autobiography. Uh, it's fantastic. Whose autobiography? Leslie Jordan. Why am I not recognizing that name? Um, he's the little, um, very, uh, flamboyant. Oh, oh, no, no. Okay. Okay. How y'all doing? Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I'm what, about what, to bust. That guy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I fucking love him. He's so great. He was just such a fantastic person. Um, but yeah, so uh, it is his autobiography. Uh, it's uh, yeah, very good. You have to like his voice. If you don't like his voice, fair enough. He does have a very specific voice. You might not want to listen to it. I get it. But if you do, it's worth it. Uh, the movie is, and I don't know if you've seen this or not, but man, if you haven't seen it, you gotta. Dave made a maze. Oh, I love Dave made a maze. Oh my god, future brother-in-law turned me on to it years ago, dude. It's I'm so like, good. I go, this movie's <laughs> fucking great, man. And like, what is it? I go, it's just his friends walk into an apartment. He's dealing with like a breakup. He's having a rough time. They walk into his apartment. And he's made a fucking maze out of cardboard boxes. <laughs> but when they go in, it's like a fucking a straight up a labyrinth. Yeah. Like with a, a cardboard minotaur and everything. Full sized. Yeah. Trap, booby traps. And the fun part, is, my favorite part is the fact that people die. People are decapitated. People are like cut into ribbons, literally ribbons, because there's no actual blood. It is red yarn and red ribbons instead so there's gore but there's not gore yeah every yeah every it's time so, so everything clever. is everything is like paper craft it's, it's cra- really yeah it's what a kid would use to craft a maze yeah it's so clever uh, and i mean it is just you just you, you you get stuck you start watching it and it's it it can be a little slow to start because it starts by them just walking around the maze or walking around the cardboard um castle basically in the living room and he's talking to them through like vents and pipes and things saying he's lost everything and they're like why don't you just get out of the maze because they think he's just under the boxes yeah and then when he's like i'm taking it apart he's like "Ah, don't do that uh, you're you're making it unstable in here right and um so yeah it's a little slow to start for like the first 10 or so minutes then it really starts getting interesting and once they walk into that maze you are hooked it is so good and it has good, uh, it has really good, like a really good message to it too. You know, when you make something, don't be afraid to tear it down and start over. Yeah. That's so funny that you're like bringing that up because I, that's one of those movies that I, I saw on like IFC. Yeah. And I talk to people about it and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, dude, it's way better than you expect. And like, I'm trying to think, is there anybody in there that, has done anything else? Um, the filmmaker friend is uh, oh James Urbank, Urber, Urbank or whatever. Yeah, he's been in some things. I because rec- I recognize oh, his Leonard, face. Leonard is in a million things. Yeah. Um. Uh, the Scott Krinsky. He always plays like a fucking deranged guy. Yeah. So Nick uh, Nick Thune is the main character, I believe. Yeah. Yes. He's well known for having a beard and everything else he does. He was in Venom. He was Beardo at the bar. Yeah. Uh, knocked up, Allison's friend. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's just like a, he's a very regular guy. That James Urbaniak guy, um, he's from Venture Brothers and he does a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but Scott Kinski, I think you'll know him. John Morrison, the wrestler, is the Minotaur. 
Really? I did yeah. not know that because you don't. I don't think you see his face. I think I know John, that Scott Krinsky guy, because he's from Chuck. Oh, okay, yeah. You know him and the uh, the little dude are his like the guys he doesn't really like at the uh, the Best Buy place that he works at. Yeah, he's one of those. He's the he's the balding one of those guys. There's uh, Scott Narver is the cameraman. I really like his character in it quite. Oh much. yeah, he's interesting. Um, he does not look like he has done much. Uh, Most of these people haven't. Yeah. But that, I mean, honestly, that makes it good because you're not, um, you're not saying looking at the care. You're not looking at the actor. You're actually enjoying the story. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. It, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's worth it. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Great, great, uh, great choice there, Jesse. Why? Thank you. Sometimes I watch movies that are good. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. That's what I got. All right. Well, um, then um, I guess we're going to start saying our goodbyes then. So, of course, Goodbye, you can. Farewell. Love <laughs> you. Oh. You can always find me. I am on most things as Brando Supreme. And you can find Jesse on most things as Pen and of Doom. Pen of Doom. And Jesse, because. He understands it's hard to look for people sometimes. Did something real handy. What was that, Jesse? I put all our links in one little spot called thebobspod.com. You can go on there and find out just about anything about us. You know, if you want to. And if you don't want to, go there. It's not an option. I didn't ask. You have to go now. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I thought that was just a known quantity. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we force you to go to things <laughs> why aren't you there now get your ass to Mars <laughs> <laughs> what if I ran away to Mars <laughs> That's awesome alright well everybody thanks for listening uh, go watch Instinct if you can find it buy a DVD <laughs> or something yeah Good luck. Jesse found me a copy that froze up every few minutes and I still enjoyed it. So imagine if it actually like worked. Right. All right. See you guys. See you. What the fuck are her powers? Do you want laser raptors? Because that's how you get laser raptors. I hate you so much. (laughs) Mm-hmm, good.